welcome everybody to Adventure Before Dementia here on Hills Radio 88.9 FM. I'm Anita. And I'm Mike. And welcome to... <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many times we Or whatever. Up. <laughs> Adventure Before Dementia is your weekly dose of all things camping and four-wheel driving, destinations, events, products and people. We've got you covered. We do with everything and this... This morning's show, we're going till nine o'clock today and we've got a great show uh, lined up for you today. We have a bit about outback touring and breakdowns, a bit of a discussion to start off with. The road closures, which which are very minimal out, out in the outback. What's on around Australia? The A bit of a, if we get time, club corner. We'll leave that a bit of a mystery. And our special guest today. Yes, that's right, is David Cox. He is the outgoing owner of the Mount Dare Hotel on the western edge of the Simpson Desert. Uh, David will be sharing with us a couple of yarns, having recovered people from the from the desert for the last 13 years. <laughs> so I'm sure that'll be an entertaining yarn. Oh, definitely. Lots to tell there. And then, of course, uh, that's probably about it, but we'll see how we go for time. And again, if there's anything you want to know about topic-wise to do with the outdoors, camping, caravanning, four-wheel driving, you can always contact us via our Facebook page, which is Adventure Before Dementia 88.9. But let's get the show rolling. What do you reckon? What about a little bit about us? Oh, okay, go on. Okay, well, Anita and I did the big lap back in 2011, spending 13 months on the road, or off the road as we like to say, (laughs) in a four-wheel drive and an off-road camper trailer. We've worked as photojournalists for some of Australia's top 4x4 and camping magazines, but these days we own a Mount Barker business specialising in off-road trailers. I've got to say, I've had camping in my blood since I was a wee little lad. A wee little, uh, <laughs> a wee little lass, I hope. A wee little lass, and you were a wee little lad. So is there something you haven't told us, oh, perhaps? I'm not too sure about that one. But. Anyway, look, we are a Hills Radio sponsor, so stay tuned for our sponsorship. A cake this morning would be really nice. Yes, what do you think? and a coffee. Oh, coffee. Need a coffee to start the morning, don't we? Oh, there goes a nice motorbike outside there. Uh, That was, of course, I've got to say, Crowded House House with Chocolate Cake. You're listening to 88.9 FM, Hills Radio, and Adventure Before Dementia. It's ten past eight this morning. And this morning we're talking about outback touring. So why the hell would you want to go to the outback for starters? Because it's different. (laughs) And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And there's far less people... Oh. And those those hot spots around the coast. Now, some of the things that I love about the outback is when you start getting away from civilization. You're getting to areas such as the Flinders Ranges. You start to see that beautiful ochre-coloured rock. You know that oh, rust yeah. colour. That's amazing. Yep. So you've got the beauty. You've got the isolation. You're not hemmed into a caravan park. You've got the wildlife, and Often it's sharing that with other travellers as well. It's it's often the people that you meet along the way that it, makes the trip so special. I reckon it's all about the people you meet along the way because that's what just lifts the whole trip and makes it exciting and, and interesting because you swap stories and they tell you, have you been there? And you sort of go, no, and they tell you your their story, 
But the good thing is, is that you've got to go there, whether they say it's good or bad. You've got to, got to go and see these places, not take everyone's perspective on it. That's it. So we're just going to delve into how you would plan for an outback trip and we're going to get Dave's insights into this a little bit later as well. But essentially, when planning for a trip, you might read adventure guides, you might look at maps. What would you do? Anita? I'd actually do a lot of research before I go. I'd, I'd go on to the famous Google <laughs> <laughs> and uh, find out a few things there. But then I'd also go on to a few forums yep. and see where people have gone, especially if there's a specific place like if you say the Simpson Desert, for instance, mm-hmm. you'd want to do a lot of research on that before you go because there's no Absolutely. petrol stations <laughs> along the way and there's no corner, as South Australians call, delis. <laughs> or milk bars. You can't just pop in and get a litre of milk. There's nothing out there. Yep. Um, you have to be totally self-sufficient, not even a tap to get water. I think magazines are a great resource as well because you can read stories and you really get a feel for the place through the pictures. Yes, you do. Pictures tell a thousand words. Did you know that? <laughs> That's it. And you need recent magazines as well because yep. obviously the environment will change over time. Yeah, things change. Rules change as well about certain uh, national parks and things like that that you can't yep. do things, can't have fires, can't... Management tracks yep. uh, can close from time to time. So even though there's a line on a map, it doesn't necessarily mean you can traverse that route. Oh, yes, we've run into that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking from experience... And if you live in South Australia and you've never been to the Flinders Ranges, you've just got to get there. It's a place you never get sick of and you can stay in um, the Wilpena Pound Caravan Park so you've still got all the facilities. You can stay on a station stay or you can bush camp within the National Park and it is just a magnificent part of the world. Our favourite spot is Brackina Gorge or some people say Brackina. Brackina. It's just outside of the riverbed because, of course, you don't camp in a dry riverbed because if you've ever seen instant flooding in the Flinders, <gasps> no. That's it. it. So there's some really great spots along there, along the dirt road. You just sort of turn off the track and that, that takes you to Brackina Gorge, Brackina Gorge, and you get to see the wildlife. They actually come to you, the kangaroos, the emus. And, and the, the little chickies. Little babies. <laughs> But another rare thing in the Flinders are the yellow-footed rock wallabies. Correct. And they are just living wild up in the rocks up there in the Flinders Ranges. Because There's a sanctuary up there as well. And there is. And you can, if you spend time and just stay there or, or you know, pull over to the side of the dirt road and, and just watch them, they, they are amazing. And they're beautiful and they mm. really are an amazing colour, the yellow and black and and how agile they are and how they can just jump up rocks. and That's it. It's amazing, amazing stuff. But, no, that's... Oh, I would lo- love to go to somewhere like the Flinders Ranges again, maybe yep. sometime Yep. soon. Yep. <laughs> but, no, and, I mean, South Australia is the gateway to the outback. Indeed. indeed. Which they say so. And you can get... It straight into the Flinders Ranges, the Simpson Desert, Alice Springs, and, of course, that takes you straight up to Darwin, Kakadu, Litchfield. And everywhere else. Everywhere else. And then, of course, there's east and west, but we're just talking about the centre, the outback today. What's on for our next song? Well, we'll have a song just after we hear from our 
sponsors, I think. What do you think? Are you sure you're thinking? Oh, I'm thinking out loud. It's quarter past eight here at 88.9 Hills FM. You're listening to Adventure Before Dementia. The Jack Johnson there and home. And before that, we had a little bit of country with Troy Cassadaly and sing about this, our country. Lovely. Lovely. You're listening to Adventure Before Dementia here on 88.9 FM. That's and, it. And, of course, we're going until nine o'clock today. Our special guest today is David Cox, outgoing owner of the Mount Dare Hotel, which is located on the western fringe of the Simpson Desert. David will be sharing his experiences from 13 years recovering vehicles from that area. Good morning, Dave. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Anita. Hello, how are you? Welcome to the program. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having me on. Dave, could you tell us how you would go about planning for an outback adventure? Um, well, I guess the first thing to do is to decide where you want to go and then um, uh, mark out a bit of a, a route and which tracks you want to follow along the way to get there because um, often there's many different ways to go somewhere. Yep. Um, any special things to see along the way? There, there, there might be, I don't know, a waterfall or a, an iconic pub or something. There could be something special that you want to see and, and tick off your list on the way. Yep. Uh, you have to plan how long it will take, and you've got to be conservative when you're planning this. You know, so many people average their drives on doing 100 kilometres an hour, but mm. it, it, it's a known fact that on a field road you can't actually average 100 kilometres an hour, and uh, let alone on a dirt road. No. no. So, and depending upon those dirt roads, you know, and obviously um, they vary as well. So I know the ones around my region up in around the Simpson. You know, some of them you can sit on 80, some you can only sit on 40. So yeah. yeah. And that's on a good day. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. And, and that's weather dependent also. You know, I've done many tracks that, that can take me two hours to get along and it's taken me all day. Yep. And I so, suppose, uh, uh, well, sometimes the track can be blocked by other people that have broken down or are bogged. So that all adds to the day as well. Oh, look, absolutely. There are many, many things that can crop up along the way. Um, you know, a farmer might be on the side of the track, he might have to give him a hand too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that'll add to the adventure and, and that's where I get along to. You know, my next thing is that when you're, when you're planning your day, try and be conservative, but also be conservative with your weekly travel. You know, plan only six out of seven, allowing for a spare day. Yeah, yeah rest day. Yeah, yeah. well, a spare day can be quite useful. You might have a breakdown or, or you might be at some really special place that you want to spend more time yeah. at. Yep. And um, the speed day can be utilised in that fashion. Um, so, so often I've seen people that have had a problem or a breakdown and then they say, we've got to try and catch up. And when they try and catch up, they just start trying to do too much in one day or driving at night. And yeah. it, it just, it, it can make a small problem just, um, you know, compound and get really bad. Yep. Don't try and do it all in one go. Take it easy. Don't plan stuff, but just have time that you can leverage each way in case you do come across something good or if something happens yep. to your vehicle or yourself. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, your plans always have to be variable. So, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, as I said, you, you might you know, have a little breakdown and then you've got to stay an extra day or half a day at a particular place and, and at least then you can say, all right, then everything's just moved along a day but we're still not behind our schedule. Yeah. Uh, and um, the other thing is that 
so many times I've heard people come through and say, you know, the conditions aren't what they were told that they were going to be because yeah. they've asked people in their local area what what it's like, you know, and they say, oh, yeah, I've, that's in some desert, it'll be this, that and the other. Yeah, really? What, when were you last there? Oh, five or six years ago. Oh, gosh. You know, you know? and yeah. so they don't have accurate information. So mm. make sure that you um, source information from locals in that region whether through their website or um, giving them a quick call. And uh, more often than not, the locals are happy to talk to you because they're, they're helping to promote their business and hopefully have you come and visit them. That's some good tips. Now, do you want to get through to a song, Anita? And we'll come back with Dave. Yeah, Dave, we'll keep you on the line because there's some interesting stuff and a lot of people need to know this sort of information here. And this is the man to tell us, David Cox. He is, if people might remember, he was the owner of Mount Dare for how long? 13 years. 13 years. Yeah, 2002 I moved, didn't it? Wow. And we want to hear a bit, a bit about that too. Do you miss it though, Dave? Oh, look, I'll always miss it. I'm currently living in Melbourne and, and even just the weather, like really, <laughs> it's hot in the outback, but, but it is it is so so good, glorious days and, you know, a bit mm. of hot weather, but look tough enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Dave, we'll come back to you in just a moment. Great. Thank you. You're listening to Adventure Before Dementia here on 88.9 FM Hills Radio with Anita and Mike. And on the, that, I'll, I'll let you know what the song was. That was the Kent Empire, of course, with bulls. <laughs> but on the line we've got Dave uh, from... Dave Cox. Yes, Dave Cox. Talking about uh, outback touring. Yes. Now, Dave, I'm, I'm sure you've seen more than a few breakdowns in your time, both of camper trailers and vehicles. Yes. What are the most common failures? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. That's pretty <laughs> well the, 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 the top question um, that I do get asked. Basically, there's no one thing that, that um, exceeds tyres. Really, tyre problems are the most common thing that people have. They've they've either um, left home with um, insufficient amount of tread to to suffice the, the trip, and also the conditions of the roads. Because on, on a dirt road, your tyres cop an absolute pounding. So if you've left home for a you know five or ten thousand k trip with less than fifty percent tread on your tyres, you are going to have trouble. There's nothing sure. Yep. So tyre tread is like cheap insurance oh absolutely and you know the, the next question people ask is which brand of tyres did I get so they forget the brand get new ones you know new tyres are far better than worn out tyres of any particular brand but always you know choose good quality stuff but really some people have a preference so I'm not fussed over that as long as they've got good tread depth and yep. you don't need mud tyres for touring in the outback just a, a good all-terrain is sufficient the $60,000 question surely has to be about tyre pressures. <laughs> I've got that on my list and I knew you were going to raise that. <laughs> Dave knows everything. I That's know, amazing. I know. <laughs> well, dearly. Tyre pressures, um, you know, once again, we, we, we talked about um, don't, don't ask the people around your local area about conditions about the outback. And that same goes for tyre pressures because I all say manufacturer's pressures, manufacturer's pressures, you know, which is around the 40, 35, 40 PSI mark. Yep. Now, 35 or 40 PSI when you leave home when it's 15 degrees, for a start that goes up to, you know, 40 to 
40 to 45 psi when you're in warmer conditions. So all of a sudden the pressure's gone up without you knowing. Yep. And second of all is when you're on a dirt road, uh, because the surface of the dirt road is, is so unpredictable with stones and, and um, the corrugations and, and rutting and things like that, your tyres need to be a little bit more flexible than what they need to be on the road. You're not going around fast corners and worried about body roll and overheating tyres. Yep. You need those tyres to flex over those objects on the on the dirt roads. Uh, if they don't flex, it, it's like trying to, to punch something that's really hard. You know, the, the analogy of the balloon gets used a lot. A really hard balloon is very easy to pop, but a soft balloon is not. So if you have your tyres a little softer, they're less likely to have something puncture through the tread of the tyre, irrespective of of um, the condition of the tyre. I've seen brand new tyres be absolutely destroyed oh, because wow. they have too much air in them. That's an expensive mistake. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not only expensive, Mike, but it can be totally inconvenient because if you go to a to a uh, some sort of service centre where you can get a tyre fixed and don't have that particular size of tyre, well, all of a sudden you're mm. travelling without a spare. So oh. you can be in serious trouble. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nasty. I've seen some pretty mashed up ones over the years and I bet you've seen a fair... A lot of... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, well, you know, they, they vary from, from just repairable to um, oh. absolutely destroyed. Oh. Driving on a flat tyre is also a fairly common thing as well. Oh. On a dirt road, it is very difficult to tell when your tyre is going flat. Yep. So it's always um, quite important. Train all of your um, occupants in your vehicle to, you know, look at their tyre on their respective corner and see if it looks OK. If it looks a little bit average... Then, you know, alert the driver and say, look, you know, this tyre doesn't look like it's got as much. I can hear hissing or something like that. Yep. The sooner you pick that up, the more, um, the greater the chance of it being repairable. That's a good tip, that one. I think making everyone responsible for their own tyre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about responsible. <laughs> giving them a fair amount of responsibility and saying, oh, that's your tyre, don't let anything happen to it. Yeah. Got to share the load, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, true. What about other things that uh, can be failures? I mean, surely things have to be fit for purpose in terms well, of... Well, yeah, that's right, and, and that's a, a, the next um, next subject I've got on here. You know you're reading my mind, Mike. <laughs> um, poor quality accessories and or incorrectly fitted accessories. Uh -huh. um, I've had people come in with fuel tanks that have you know fallen out because they've had a long-range tank fitted and... It, it, you know, the, the fitter hasn't tightened the bolts properly or um, something yeah. like that. Yep. Yeah, and that's fairly extreme, yep. but yep. nonetheless, it is something that I've seen happen. And yep. uh, one would like to think that the most good quality, um, you know, sanders, full drive accessory sanders would, um, would do good workmanship. But, um, you know, mistakes happen and, and you know, you, you have to accept that. But um, make sure that they're, they're done and fitted properly. Good quality accessories. Um, you know, basically, you know, when I'm standing out at the fuel bowser or um, filling up cars, I cast my eye over everyone's car, far, far more than what they do, because I, I sort of know the key things that I'm looking at. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I pick up things and say, oh, yeah, this roof rack's got a crack in the world here, or, oh, um, you know, you see a wheel carrier's got a little crack in it or something like that. But, oh. you know, once again, grab things and give them a shake, have a bit of a look at them as you walk around your car every day. Yeah. And, um... You know, I've seen roof racks end up on the bonnets of cars because oh, their sure. mountings have yeah. broken or come loose. Wow. Yeah, that would be a real um, 
downer to your oh. trip, having to that you've but, spotted stuff like that, and you think, oh, now what am I going to do? And so yeah, what? but it's absolutely hilarious for your travelling mates. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, we might uh, we might go to another song. Please stay on the line. We'd like to chat to you more about preventative measures. You're listening sure to thing. Adventure Before Dementia here on Hills Radio 88.9 FM. And you're listening to Adventure Before Dementia here with Mike and Anita until 9 o'clock. And we have a very special guest on the line. It's David Cox. We're talking about Outback Touring. Uh, David's and David... Bloody hell. <laughs> oh, come on, you get it together. That's it. Pull it together, lad. He hasn't had coffee yet. So <laughs> we're leveraging David's 13 years' experience recovering vehicles from the Simpson Desert. David, can you tell us what we can do as preventative measures to stop these little disasters happening in the first place? Ah, uh, well, um, I think uh, we you've got to have your vehicle serviced. Um, and checked over before you travel on your trip. I, I think I just mentioned that earlier, but have they done a, a good week or two before you go away? Because most most um, look, you know, long trips are going to you know, take you through a service period, so you don't want to be annoyed with that fact once you're away. And yep. also just get your mechanic to you know, give it a bit of a once over and check a, a few things, and it might prevent something falling off and and um, you know ruining your your trip along the way. Yeah. Um, Look, driving to conditions and making sure that you're not punishing your vehicle too hard, that, that's always um, quite important. It, just remember that, you know, once again, the, the conditions change very, very quickly. And if you, um, well, no one's super experienced at the outback, I guess, unless you live there, but you, you don't want to be, um, you know, have something presented in front of you that, that's, you know, going through a ditch or something like that, and then all of a sudden you've smashed the front end of your car, which I've seen on many oh, occasions. God, yes. Or drowned your engine, hey Dave. Yeah, yeah well, I've, 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 had a, I've had a couple of wet cars and um, I've also seen many a vehicle with water flowing up you know, around the tops of the seats in them. So. Isn't that amazing? You wouldn't think that it, that could be possible in the outback, but it is. Well, even even where we were, there was um, oh. a couple of creeks that flowed near us and we've had only a, a couple of points of rain. But then the, the next day the creeks come down and we've been flooded in with virtually no rain falling upon us. Oh, gosh. So it falls, yeah. the rain falls further afield, yet it flies down yeah. and floods your and area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I even had someone working for me that, that encountered that problem and yeah, it was only, yeah, once again, five millimetres of rain, but 25k up the road, the, the creek was flowing full on and oh, yeah. um, he actually got into trouble in that creek and lost his vehicle in there, but... Um, the good thing about um, outback creeks, though, is if you do encounter a creek that you think might be a bit dodgy, well, the rule is always to walk it. But if you're not sure, if you sit and wait a few hours um, or half a day, often the water level of that creek will diminish dramatically. They come up very quickly and they will fall just as quickly. So, you know, just, just sit tight and just wait instead of them putting yourself in some sort of situation that you can't control. Or wait for someone else to cross it first. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's a good driving tip, though, Anita. It, it's not actually, it's not actually that, you know, um, you know, that funny. But you no. um, drive where other vehicles have driven when the conditions are a little bit wet. Yep. Don't go driving through the paddock away from oh. the road just because you don't want to drive through a puddle on the road. Oh no. But, the road surface is quite compact and 
and quite stable underneath the water. And um, often I'll, I would have seen vehicles bogged out in the paddock and I'll, I'll just be idling along the road saying, what are you doing out there? Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it looks better is the first comment you hear. <laughs> and I say, well, all the other wheel tracks go through this water and you thought you'd drive around it. You know, there's not a car bogged in the water, so oh. clearly that's a better way to travel. And nine times out of ten, that's the better choice. So look yeah. where other vehicles have driven and stay on the road. And that's a good tip. Now, Dave, you must have done a few great outback trips yourself over the years. What's one of your favourites? Uh, my absolute favourite of all time is the geographical centre of Kingston. Okay. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be invited on a trip a couple of years ago, and we travelled out there um, from the edge of the Colton track across a few shot lines and um, up to the geographical centre of Kingston. And but it's Serious travelling with a GPS. Without a GPS, you have no idea where you're going. There is not a track to follow. Yeah. Um, just a few dots on on the GPS that show shot lines and, and um, you know features along the way. So um, what's that, a shot line, that, Dave? A shot line. A shot yeah. line is something that oil um, research companies, seismic companies, have put in. And they use their seismic equipment to go and um, wow. send shockwaves in the ground to look for oil. And yep. the, a lot of that work was done around the 60s, so a lot of these shot lines uh, mm. you can't even you can't even see. So you're just following a, a, a mark on the map. Well, I suppose not everyone can go and find the centre unless you've got good navigating uh, skills or you on board. <laughs> yeah, well, it, look, it is a hardcore trip. It, 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 as I said, it is the best trip and um, that I've done. And to travel out there where very, very few people have been, uh, apart from the Land Rover Club, because they've been, like, everywhere. And, um, you know, that you, you get out there and there's a six-metre tower that had been erected by the Land Rover Club. There, anyway. <laughs> How did that get there? That wasn't there yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the, the Land Rover Club, they're, they're a very pioneering mob and there's yep. a, a lot of things that they've done over the years, um, you know, so um, going out there and, and doing that, look, definitely. But it's, it's one that takes a, a very, very careful amount of preparation and um, you're very remote. You know, you need to be allowing, you know, 350 litres of diesel to be carrying and you know, lots of water and, you know, pretty well any tool and, and, and repair gear that you, you think you might encounter and then some. So you, it's... It's one of the most isolated places you could go to in Australia at the moment. Wow. Well, that is a wealth of information, as you are, and we would love to talk to you again because you've been great on Adventure Before Dementia today. Oh, thank you very much for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks very much, Joe, and we'll look forward to chatting you again next time. No worries, and Thanks, and enjoy the rest of your day. You Thanks too. Thanks. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye. Well, that was a great talk there with uh, Dave Cox, which we will get back on air sometime soon, I think. So if you do have any questions you'd like to ask this gentleman who is an absolute wealth of knowledge in outback driving, recovery, touring, touring you name it, um, he will have the answers. So just hit us up on our Facebook page, Adventure Before Dementia, 889 and now we'll just go to one more quick song before we have to say goodbye already. But stay tuned to yes. For the Boys of Bricks and Mortar. After after, the, after that, <laughs> we'll be back later to say goodbye. A bit of Matt James there and 
that was called evolution. I should have said way before that we had midnight oil. I forgot midnight oil. How could you forget midnight oil? Best of both worlds. Uh, I got a bit of just quickly about what's actually on out in the rural Australia. We've got um, in on the 25th of well, actually tomorrow today, the Naranda Rodeo 2017, and it's supposed to be New South Wales' longest-running successful professional rodeos. Have you ever been a rodeo? Rodeo? Nope. <laughs> anyway, there's great rough riders, uh, buck jumpers, bulls in the cool, all in the cool of the evening, of course. Uh, there's also the top-end mud racing uh, on the... Tw- today as well. It's at Hidden Valley Motors Sports Complex in Darwin, Northern Territory. It's for the whole family and it's an action-packed night of mud racing. Oh, how good would that be? Yeah. (laughs) It's held in the wet season, of course, because it's loud, fast-paced, exciting and very, very dirty. That's for the competitors, of course. It's great viewing for the whole family and you can even watch VW Beatles that are purpose-built with high-powered top-gun vehicles uh, compete against each other and the clock through 700 metres of of the course. So there's some great stuff on this weekend. And a quick note on road closures. We've got the Birdsville Inside Track, which is closed due to flooding, as is the Warrawina Sanctuary Access. Now, you can find 